You're watching and listening to Fat Bidet Knows Everything and it's called Fat Bidet Knows Everything because I do know everything. This week, what I want to talk about is I think the state of how politics is in Malaysia right now with the pandemic that's happening and how all the political parties are fighting each other and all the politicians are going against one another and how the people are being pushed to the back burner when, I don't know, logic, rationale and civility can actually come to the forefront. How am I going to name this episode? I'll figure out a way and then I'll name this episode. But this week, it's going to be brought to you by Marks & Spencer's Milk Chocolate Digestives. Okay, so I want to wish everyone a Happy New Year. Uh, I, as you know, if you follow me on YouTube, you follow Fat Bidin on YouTube, uh, we took a break, a break from all of our videos, from our film reviews to Fat Bidin Knows Everything to basically everything. Because it was the end of the year, we have kids, we want to spend time with family, we took like a road trip to go around, around Malaysia, uh, just, just to spend time with family. Okay, now the new year is back, so Happy New Year everyone, it's 2021. And this is going to be the first video that we're going to be put, putting out in 2021, right? Um, so, yeah. So, as I've mentioned just now, right, I want to talk about state of politics in Malaysia. If you have been following the news, right, you would know that things are quite chaotic. As far as the government is concerned right now in Malaysia, the most recent event or issue that has been in the media and the public sphere that everybody's talking about is the fact that two new political parties that had applied for registration to the ROS, which is Pejuang, Dr. Mahathir's Pejuang and Syed Sadiq's Muda, uh, their registration has been rejected by the ROS. According to news reports, we don't know what the official reasons are for the rejection, uh, but yeah. So if there are any, if, if, if a general election is called soon, they will not be able to uh, 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 con contest because they don't have a political party. There's also the issue between AMNO and Bersatu right now where they are fighting each other. We know that they form the government right now, the Perikatan National Government and the PN Government. And Bersatu and Amno, they're not getting along. There's been some political play between, um, I don't know, Zaid Hamidi and the leaders of Amno, you know, Zaid Hamidi, Anwar Musa, uh, people in Bersatu, uh, people like Hamza Zainuddin, uh, Muhyiddin, Anwar Ibrahim is even in the mix, you know, because there's been like letters claiming support from Zaid Hamidi towards Anwar and, and all kinds of things like that. And now uh, Amno says they're going to pull out of Perikatan National and if this actually happens, then the government will no longer be the government because then they don't have the majority anymore. Right? So things like this is happening. Right? Um, and then just, just people are calling for general elections. There's talk about snap elections going on. Right? Because we need to solve the problem of our government. We need to have elections so that people can choose their actual government that they want. 
right? Uh, instead of this currently legal, but I don't know, we will call it backdoor government, right? Uh, going on right now. So, but there are a lot of people also say that hey, there shouldn't be a snap elections because. COVID-19 cases are increasing like crazy. Records are being broken. The number of infections is crazy, right? All around the country. Uh, and people think that if there's going to be a general election, it's going to, uh, it's going to be a huge spike in infections, right? A huge spike in infections, just like what happened when Sabah caught for state elections, right? That was the cause of the second wave, right? In Malaysia, this, this big wave right now. Apparently, lah, right? That's what you're saying. Uh, now, I... I'm of the opinion that we need to have general elections. We need to call for general election because we need to settle who is actually going to be the government of our country right now. Everything is just so chaotic. The people have had no say at all so far, right? They had no say when, when Bersatu left Pakatan Harapan, right? They had no say when, um, uh, when um, uh, Muhyiddin went over to the, the Agong to call for an emergency. Of course, the emergency didn't happen. We've just, we just, and, uh, you know, when Anwar came out and said that he had the numbers, the people had no say either. So the people have had no say at all. So I'm of the opinion that we need to have an election. And, and initially, I was persuading people. I, I wrote articles and I made videos of how I thought that, hey, if you have a general election, just do it. I know we have a pandemic on our hands, but if we have the proper SOPs, line up the, the proper SOPs, come up with like set guidelines of how we should how the public should act and behave and what the rules and regulations they should follow if they go for an election to, curb and to, to kind of like, you know, not create a spike in infections. But the numbers are going crazy and people are saying, no, 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 maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's a, it's a bad idea to have um, uh, an election right now because the numbers are just too crazy and we need to just support whatever government we have, right, so that they can make the right decisions during this pandemic because people's lives are more important. Okay, I'm going to take that point and note it. I'm going to note that point. Maybe there's some validity to that, to that point. Okay. So what should happen? What should happen now? Now, this brings me to something that I've been thinking about. Now, my wife and I, we've suddenly gotten hooked on this Netflix series. We're, we're a little late to the game because it's not a really new show, right? New show came about even before the MCO, before the pandemic. Several years before the pandemic, actually. Now, you probably know the show. It's on Netflix. It's called Designated Survivor. Now, this is Designated Survivor. Oh my god, it's so thrilling. My wife and I are like crazy for it. We, we've sat down and had like a marathon session where we saw like six, seven episodes straight on. Right? And each episode is like almost an hour long. Right? And yeah, we've been addicted to the show. And currently, we are in the second season. What? We're in the second season. There's all three seasons all together. Right? Ah. Well, we're on the second season right now. Now, Designated Survivor, if you know, it stars Kiefer Sutherland. It stars Carl Penn. Hey, did you know that I know Carl Penn? Check my Instagram page. Go back, scroll to maybe about two years ago. You will see that Carl Penn and I are buddies, right? <laughs> Not really buddies, but we worked together. He came over to Malaysia to, to shoot a documentary. He was the host of a documentary about corruption and all that. And he was trying to find out about 1MDB. And um, I was one of, the, uh, one of the consultants or content advisors for the show. So um, when he was here, uh, Carl Penn and I, we would have breakfast every morning at his hotel room before we go out for shoots. And 
I would give him kind of like an understanding of the background in Malaysia, the political background about uh, in Malaysia, about the different political parties, how the corruption case, how the 1MDB case uh, came up, came about, just to give him a little bit of context to how things are in Malaysia politically and society, societal uh, context and all that, lah, right? So, so yeah, we work together quite closely, right? And he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. So, well, in, in Designated Survival, he plays the president's uh, uh, press secretary, okay? Anyway, Kiefer Sutherland acts as a president. Now, what happened is, in the US, there is this law, and this is real, right? When, whenever they have a state of union where, whereby, like, you know, all the politicians, all the congressmen and congresswomen and all the senators and the president, the vice president, the speaker of the, of the house and everything, all this goes under one roof at the Capitol, they will have one designated survivor usually among the uh, politicians or cabinet members or whatever that will be brought to an undisclosed place safely they will be observing the events on screen right but they will be brought somewhere safe or where nobody knows right hidden right so that if anything were to happen to this to the capital where all the, the leaders are let's say an explosion happens and you all die somebody will be there to take over the government because you have a line of succession, right? It's the president. President, something happens to the president. The vice president will take over. If something happens to the vice president, and then the speaker of the house will take over. They have that, uh, you know, a line of succession, lah, you know, to be the president of the United States, right? So, this designated survivor will be that in line of succession if anything were to happen to the entire government. So, in this show, this designated survivor, it's a, it's a fictional series, right? A terrorist attack happens, the whole of the capital explodes, everybody dies, the whole government dies, president dies, vice president dies, um, house, speaker of the house dies, congressmen, congresswomen die, senators die, the capital, gone! And there's this low-ranking minister, or, or what they call secretaries, lah, right, uh, in the US, Secretary of Urban Development and Housing or something like that, played by Kiefer Sutherland, now suddenly finds himself to be the president of the United States of America. He's sworn in immediately, right? Secret Service takes him away. He becomes the president. And it's kind of like a baptism of fire for him, right? Uh, um, when he becomes the president because, you know, he had, he's an administrator. He was an architect. He was appointed, not elected. He was appointed by the president, right? To be the secretary of housing and urban development, right? So he's not a politician. Suddenly he finds himself as the president of the whole country. It's an interesting show. So, here's the thing. Here's how I'm going to relate it to what Malaysia is going through right now. Okay? Now, oh, this is good. I've been eating these digestive cookies since I was a little kid, okay? So it's like my favorite biscuit and that's why I'm eating it right now. Um, so Malaysia is going through a crisis right now, pandemic, right? And as we are going through this pandemic, we also have a political crisis on our hands, right? Things are not stable politically. In designated survival, the president is an independent. He's not a politician. When he was forced to become the president, what happened was he needed to rebuild the government. So he had to declare like elections, for congressmen and congresswomen. He had to declare appointments for, for senators and all that. And in support of the president at that time, in the, this is in the show, of course it's idealistic, it's Hollywood. It's like if you're a journalist and you watch you know, the old TV show, Newsroom, it's so idealistic, 
when it comes to journalism and news. But still, you can get ideas from art, right? When you watch these shows, you should be able to get some ideas of society and art and, where, and politics and how you can actually run your lives. And I think this show, this, this, this show has great ideas that it's trying to get across. So, in the show, America's going through this crisis. What happened is that when all these congressmen and women were elected, to show that they are in solidarity with the president and to show that people come first and the nation comes first, almost all of the elected representatives declared themselves as independent, not affiliated to Democrats, not affiliated to the Republicans, not affiliated to any political party because they wanted to build a, a, a government that was non-partisan, a government that was neutral, a unity government, let's call it that, okay? A unity government because the country is in a crisis and they need to have one united front to fix the country. Can't we do that in Malaysia? Can't. I, again, I know I'm basing it off a fictional program. But remember, art represents society, society represents art. What's wrong, right? If we take this idea, it's a very noble idea, it's a very humanistic idea, it's a very holistic idea. We keep on saying, remember when our Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin went over to the Agong to call for an emergency. Agong said, no, no emergency, it should not be an emergency. And then there was a budget that was, that was supposed to go through Parliament to be approved, right? 2021 national budget. And they were afraid that the opposition would stop the budget from being approved. Um, the Agong said, look, no emergency, parliament has to go on, the budget has to be debated, but hey, come on, come to an agreement for the budget and then approve the budget with an agreement, right? And if you have been following Fat Biden, you would know that my opinion was that the government didn't really give a chance to the opposition to have a word in for the budget. Like, and look, I'll link it in the video, okay, yeah, where I talk about the budget. But hey, bygones are bygones, the budget has been approved. Even then, it was such a big issue, such a big controversy because they couldn't come to an agreement for the budget. Or even though now it has been approved. Okay? Now, I would have thought that during the, the, the tabling of the budget, the government and the opposition could have come together at a united front. In a united front, discuss and come up with something that everybody can agree with. A compromise. Okay, of course, we say a compromise makes no one happy, but then you know that it's a good compromise, right? Meet, meet in the middle. Because the people come first. The country comes first, right? Yeah. Why then it can't be applied now? Why is there squabbling between political parties why is there squabbling and fighting and arguments between different politicians? Can't everybody just act mature and come together united as one and just fix what is happening right now? Everybody is right. The pandemic is important and significant. Okay? So deal with that. But the country still needs to go on. Job still needs to be there. Uh, infrastructure still needs to be managed. Everything needs to be managed. The country is still running. And if you're squabbling, 
trying to see topple this government, topple that government, form a new coalition, destroy this older uh, coalition, don't allow this politician to, to contest. Uh, and uh, who's suffering? Every, all these politicians, it, it, for me, my pers the perception that I have is these politicians and these political parties are doing it all for their own personal gain because they want to have power. It's like a power play between everybody in government right now. And then who's going to run the government properly? Who's going to run the country properly? What's going to happen to the normal people? <sighs> just, just act mature. Lah. Now, I thought... What happened in Perak with the state Perak state government recently? You know their their, their agreement between the, the the state government and the opposition to move forward and to work together and to discuss things. It's almost like a unity government. I thought that was a good idea, and I said that hey, if that works, we should export that to the federal level. But I don't know, man. Maybe maturity just comes in very, very small, minute pockets in the country, right? And not overall with the federal government. So, I don't know. I am calling for a united front. That's what I'm calling for, right? For the country, for the people. You guys let me know what you think. Do you think that the government can be mature enough to come up together, united, and put the country and the people first rather than their power struggles? Let me know. Comment. Let me know. Ask, me, ask questions. Discuss. Right? And see where this can actually take us. That's what I wanted to talk about this week. And it's... I'm, I wanted to start the year with something positive, yet it comes out sounding very pessimistic as well. And it sounds like, you know, I'm very bitter and I'm very tired. I am. I'm tired and frustrated with the politics in the country. But I also want to see, hey, I'm putting this up, out there, right? Being positive, being, you know, moving forward, being united, putting aside this agreement, you know, see what we can have, what can happen. Lah. So that's, that's the part where I'm trying to be positive lah, in this first video of 2021. Alright, so let me know what you think. Alright, now we're going to go to the part where I'm going to highlight something that I find interesting. Now it's obviously, I'm going to be highlighting to you um, the, the the show on Netflix, Designated Survivor. I'm watching it. I think everybody should watch it. It's a, it's a thrilling show. Um, it, you will get hooked on it. When you watch one episode, you will binge. You will want to see the next one, next one, next one. Next thing you know, you and your wife will, will find out it's already 4 a.m. in the morning, right? And you've been watching since 6 p.m., right? So yeah, uh, I recommended to show the show to um, my friend, um, Sempal Rengam MP, former Minister of Education, Dr. Mazli Malik. He's tweeting me right now saying that he's already on episode 13, right? He's also hooked on the show. And I told him that you're going to watch this show because it's kind of like you. You know, suddenly you found yourself a minister, baptism of fire and all that. And look, in the show, Kiefer Sutherland, the new president, he's not a politician. And he's a man with integrity, with passion and honesty and all that. And he just wants to help people, right? But he gets put down by the political system. So I told, I told Dr. Mazdi, I said, hey, Kind of similar here, you know, kind of similar. So he's watching it right now, right? So yeah, I would recommend everybody to watch it. It's a great show. It's even if you're not into politics, it's entertaining, at the very least. Okay, all right. So that's it. Let me know what you think. Um, comments. You know, follow us on all social media platforms at FatBidin or go to FatBidin.com to get everything. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, we're back. We're back. Okay, you've been watching and listening to FatBidin knows everything.
I've got three kids, one wife, and me to support. So you've got to like, you know, help fund my life. So you actually can go to the Fat Bidin e-store, right? I'm gonna link it below, I'm gonna link it below, right? And you can get actually like Fat Bidin merchandise, right? And most of it are, well actually books are. I used to sell DVDs and films and all that, but hey, everything's available on YouTube now. So now if you want to get Fat Bidin merchandise, it's mostly books. So I've got books here, I've got books here. See, see, see like this book? This is called uh, The Adventures of a Kerala in Afghanistan. It's a graphic novel, see? See, graphic novel which I uh, wrote uh, and illustrated with my, with my buddy Apan, right? Uh, it's a non-fiction one. It's about my time in Afghanistan shooting a documentary for a month uh, when I was there. See, see, I'm a war journalist, right? So it's a really good book, right? Uh, I've got this non-fiction novel. It's called Operation Nasi Krabu, Finding Patani in an Islamic Insurgency. This book I wrote because I spent like a, I spent some time in Southern Thailand where there's a war there. You all know there's a war there, right? In Patani, right? I shot a documentary there which was banned for broadcast. But hey, they allowed me to publish a book. And if you get the book, there is a QR code at the back, right? There's a QR code at the back which allows you to watch it for free online. Oh, where's the QR code? Where's the QR code? Ah, there's the QR code, right? It's online, meaning you scan the QR code, you go to my YouTube channel. Okay, um, I've got another book. This is called Journal Dad, the Chronicles of a Journalist who Happens to be a Father. It's a, it's a compilation of my articles, my column when I was writing for the Malaysian Insider. It's all about like me being a journalist and raising a family at the same time. It's really funny. It's funny. It's funny. My best-selling book. Liberal, Malay and Malaysian, Writings of a Walking Contradiction. This is a compilation also of my uh, column in the Malaysian Insider. This one focuses more on like politics, race, uh, demonstration, democracy and religion and things like that. It's funny too. All my books are funny because I'm a funny guy, right? Yes, I am. And if you like films, I sell this book. See, I wrote this book with my buddy Wan Chun Hong. It's a guide to filmmaking, indie filmmaking. Uh, every chapter talks about one aspect of filmmaking and it, every chapter also interviews one like a uh, really prominent Malaysian filmmaker. It's really good. You can get all these books at the Fat Bidin e-store. Come on, feed my kids.